Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now, here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, as the man said, and you're listening to episode 201. My guests today are someone who I had the pleasure of going to their Kickstarter launch party. I haven't been to too many of those. You would think that over the years covering this space so extensively as I have, I would have been to a few more. Holy cow, these ladies know how to throw a party. I am thrilled to have on the show my two guests, Peggy Northrup and Laura Fraser, who are the co-founders of SheBooks. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Richard. Wow. You guys, so just so our audience knows, so this past weekend, you threw a Kickstarter launch party, and, and uh, I went up, uh, my daughter and I went up to, uh, to visit you, and it was hopping. That thing, was, place was, there was a line out the door. <laughs> I think people came for the t-shirts. <laughs> really? <laughs> the equal rights t-shirts. The equal rights, and that was a pun on, because uh, she books, um, our listeners can probably t- take a guess at that, but that's rights spelled. How did you spell rights? W-R-I-T-E-S. And I have to admit that I saw the t-shirt, passed over it, and then my head, you know, the brain starts working on it, and it snaps back, and it goes, wait a minute, because <laughs> I said it out loud in my head. No, there was a line out the door, so much so that I went and stood outside briefly, and there were people, just so you, I, and I haven't told you this, people were walking by stopping and putting their face up to the window saying, what is going on in there? And there was a couple of times that I, standing outside, acted as a tour guide, and uh, one young couple was on their honeymoon. They had come to San Francisco from South Carolina. They were from Greenville, South Carolina. See, I got to know Dave. Dave and his blushing bride walking by, and they're like, what is that? And they knew what Kickstarter was, and they were very interested in what you were doing. So it created quite a stir. Were you expecting that many people? Well, Peggy and I have both lived in the Bay Area and both worked in publishing for many, many years. So it's fair to say that we know a lot of people and we were very happy that many of them showed up. It was a, it was a lot of fun. And of course the authors came, our SheBooks authors came and did readings and they all invited their friends. And plus we had some investors there, which was great. It was an opportunity for people who invested in our company early on to see the kind of excitement we could generate in a real community of people. You know, people talk about, so you, I think you overheard me say, people talk about creating a community and then you give a party and see whether your community actually shows up. And we were really gratified by that, but they did. Yes, they did. And that brings up a, a, a great uh, topic here because our listeners are going to be intrigued by uh, some of the things you just said. First of all, that you had a Kickstarter launch party and it went so well because the that hasn't been known to be so successful all the time. But the other one is, is that you're pursuing a Kickstarter um, campaign that launched that at the time of this recording will have just launched, uh, excuse me, as the time of this uh, broadcast, when we post this, it'll have just launched and you're seeking money for your she books, but you also have investors and have been working the equity route as well. So talk a little bit about that balance that you're striking here. Right. Well, when we started, um, obviously, we put in some of our own money in order to fund our website and to acquire our first um, uh, first 40 books. We had friends and family who and, and colleagues who, who joined in quite early. Um, but one of the things that we wanted to take advantage of is all there's a lot of attention right now around inequities for professional women. 
So whether it's pay inequities or women's work not getting distributed in the same way that men's work is getting distributed, it's, there's a cause behind what we're doing. And we felt as though apart from going out to the people who are very financially focused and they want to see how are we going to make money, it's also an opportunity for us to get people who want to donate to a cause. We want to see great women's writing be distributed on new platforms and that women writers can take advantage, uh, can actually reap some of the benefits from uh, from this distribution. So that was uh, Kickstarter offered us this other opportunity to connect with an audience to support what we're about. So let's, let's... Um, the other thing is that we aren't asking people on Kickstarter to support SheBooks. We're asking them to support our fund for women writers. So all of the money that people give us on Kickstarter will go directly to women writers. It's not going to go to maintaining our website or anything like that. Um, we're really all about giving established and emerging women writers who've been struggling so much in recent years as the you know, space for journalism has changed to you know, be able to go out and write great stories. So let's talk about that. You shared some statistics, um, which I'm sure you've shared many times because you had them right off the top of your head, about the impact of women in, in publishing uh, from both sides of the house. So you want to share? Uh, Peggy, I think you were the ones that were sharing those numbers um, the other night. Yes. Yeah, it's really pr pretty astonishing. Um, women dominate every single reading platform. Um, they buy 80% of all fiction books, 64% of all books over, you know, all books on every topic, um, and they currently buy seventy-one percent of eBooks. And eBooks right now is a three-point-three billion-dollar market, expect, expected to triple by twenty seventeen. So, and of course, we see that in magazines as well. That's my background. I come from a, a women's magazine background, and uh, the top twenty-five magazines, eighteen of them are aimed at women. Women are the ones who subscribe to magazines, just dwarfs men's magazines in terms of circulation and uh, consumer revenue. So, um, But at the same time, when you look at the landscape for women writers, there are a lot of inequities. Women's magazines don't tend to publish women at a length that men's magazines or the so-called thought leader magazines do. So you can get a 1,200-word piece published, but you can't get a 10,000-word piece that's going to get you on you know, it's going to get you on television, uh, speaking with authorities. The same thing happens in the book world, where um, women's books tend not to be reviewed. In fact, in the um, thought leader magazines that and Vita has done a count on this, the bylines of the magazines that are considered the ones that really set the conversation in the nation are still 75% men. So we were very aware of the fact that women are readers. Women really support writers, but uh, women writers are not being supported to the extent that they could and should be. So here comes SheBooks. SheBooks uh, is an opportunity for you to address this issue. And you've brought out a Kickstarter campaign that, Laura, you have alluded to the, where the money's going. But for our listeners right now who are in their cars driving and they're saying, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But what is it exactly that your Kickstarter campaign is doing to address this issue and SheBooks' ultimate goal? So um, at SheBooks.net, we publish women who are writing pieces that are about 10,000 words long, whether it's memoir, fiction, or journalism. 
And so what we're doing is we're creating a fund to pay those writers. We've set a goal of $50,000, and with that money, we're going to pay 10 women to go out and research and report articles um, on issues that you know they're going to be interested in, whether it's women's health or global issues. Um, we have, you know, someone who's writing about the factory workers in the uh, factories in China that make some of, you know, the devices we use every single day, for example, um, writing about healthcare in Africa. So we're going to use the money to pay women journalists to go out and report those. As someone who's a journalist myself, it takes just a huge amount of time, energy, and resources to report a good story. And so that's kind of the number one place where we're going to be putting our money. Um, the more money we get, the more articles we're going to fund, whether it's journalism or fiction. Um, we're going to be reaching out to a lot of um, women from diverse communities so that we are publishing women who have a fresh perspective um, on a lot of issues um, fiction, journalism, the whole uh, range of women's experience. So uh, that's, that's it, really. The more, the more we're funded, the more women are going to be writing. So I have a question then. As I listen to that, um, the sustainability, uh, you, you receive your funding, you uh, support these uh, women writers for the next time period, and then – how does the uh, how does how does the revenue continue to be generated? Yes, and that's a really good question. Um, our model calls for giving women small advances up front, which is fine for memoir and often fine for for um, fiction. Um, so maybe it's a thousand dollar advance on a story, and then we uh, give writers a fifty percent um, revenue share on the back end. So after we um, after we sell the books, after we sell our subscriptions, we're always going to be giving writers got it. 50% of the back end. But what this helps us do while we're getting started and while we're still in the midst of our equity raise is to be able to fund a whole bunch of women writers because obviously we're going, we're a content company. We're not a tech company. Um, I mean, we have technology that supports us, but we are a content company and our business will rise or fall based on the quality of the content we make available to readers. So um, we know that uh, I certainly know from my experience is that a great writer wants to get some money and she should have some. <laughs> so this gives us a chance to jumpstart our content offering. Richard, it also helps make our business sustainable because we're essentially using Kickstarter as a marketing tool as well, spreading the words, the word about shebooks.net. And one of the rewards that people will get when they uh, pledge money to our campaign is a subscription so that people can come and read the fantastic books we have and say to themselves, wow, these are, this is exactly what I want to read. I have, you know, these little chunks of time during my day. I don't want to read a 300 page novel, but I want a satisfying read that I can read on the plane, that I can read while I'm on the subway commuting while I'm watching my daughter's swim meet and everyone else is swimming. Uh, any of these times are great times to read she-books because they're about an hour, two-hour, really satisfying read. So the Kickstarter campaign is helping us bring awareness to shebooks.net, and it's um, going to give us some, some new subscribers, which is also going to help us become sustainable. Sure. Let's talk about, then, the, your Kickstarter campaign. Um, up to this point, how at what point did you... 
turn to each other and say, you know, I think we can kickstart this thing because there's always kind of an epiphany aha moment when you are struggling and you're looking and because you've gone down several routes and then all of a sudden you look at each other and say, hey, I think we can make this work. You know, it's funny because um, I think it really came out of a much more calculated place for us. I mean, we knew what we wanted to do, and we were trying to time it in a way that would give us the maximum buzz. <coughs> so we want, really wanted to have our Kickstarter campaign start when our subscription started. So we came out with our uh, first eight books in December of 2013, and we were building um, new enhancements to our website. And we knew that we needed to integrate subscriptions into the website. And that took some time to do because you've got to do all this programming on the back end about with e-commerce and figuring out who's a subscriber and who isn't. And so that took some time and we wanted to, you know, so basically what we have is the very same week that we're launching with subscriptions, we're launching our Kickstarter campaign. So we wanted to use it in that, um, uh, in that very targeted way to um, to bring people to us when we had the most innovative product available to them. How have you reached out and told people about Kickstarter? Have you encountered the challenge that over the years, last couple of years, that so many before you have, and that is, well, what's Kickstarter? Or has the has the has the knowledge of crowdfunding and Kickstarter seeped into the collective that you don't have to explain what you're doing anymore? That they're like, oh, okay, I got it. I think for most people it was. I mean, my mom said, I don't know what that is. I have had a couple of people, but my, you know, but my mom wants to subscribe. <laughs> she certainly right. reads ebooks. Um, but uh, for the most part, we found people to be really receptive. Did you have to educate them about what crowdfunding was? Not really, no. I mean, people, a lot of our friends have already, um, uh, certainly for creative projects, people have already supported Kickstarter. Uh, funds. I've gone on and I've supported some, and I've actually looked at some of the things that my friends have supported, and um, they're all, there's a lot of overlap there. Well, I do know that I, I did a little asking around uh, while I was at your party, since uh, I knew very little people, and uh, as I wandered around, and that was one of the questions I asked, are you familiar with Kickstarter? And every, 100% were familiar yeah. and had backed a project. So it's interesting because just a short time ago, that wasn't necessarily the case, but it certainly seems to have exploded in the awareness of everybody of what this crowdfunding thing can do. And, and I guess in some ways that you're benefiting from that, aren't you? We are. And I mean, we're also, you know, to be fair, we're a San Francisco based company. And so um, that helps because San Francisco certainly is right here at the heart of these kinds of crowdfunding and social media cam, you know, campaigns. True. True. Atmosphere. Um, but it, I, I think that you're right. I think that the awareness has really exploded. I know when I've sent emails to my friends and family in Colorado, for example, where I'm from, uh, they know exactly what I'm talking about. So I, I think it is something that's really become a part of the public consciousness. Do you see um, Kickstarter like this, this crowdfunding? You guys are pursuing a – Kickstarter isn't usually known for causes, right? It's a project. You do your thing, and then the cause idea is off in some other platform. But you you have found a way to make Kickstarter work for you for your cause, um, and that's something that's, I think, intriguing. Yeah, it's true. Very intriguing to a lot yeah. of listeners is like, okay, how did you do that? And also, how did you make a Kickstarter launch party work for you? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, certainly when you think about the, the cost, I think there's a, there's a lot of discussion right now, everything from Yes All Women to Read Women 2014. There's a lot of talk in the, in the community of women about women's issues. To me, there's a tremendous amount of energy um, around the issues of pay inequality or sexual assault or n- you name your issue. Um, there's a lot of energy. Uh, 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 suddenly, people are willing to stand up and say they're feminists again. It was never a problem for me, but I think that there are, there's a lot more discussion. So it seemed like what we're doing, and especially since our name is SheBooks, it was, it was fairly simple for us to say, you know, we are a mission-driven business. Yes, we're a business. Yes, we want to be in in business. I want to be in business, but, um, but I don't want to be in business. So if it's just making widgets, this really has to have some deeper meaning. So I think that's how we made it work. But in terms of, of your other question, that's really one for you. Laura. Yeah. Laura, how'd you make that work? I was, uh, I was, I was very intrigued as I walked in the door. What, what were some of the things that you took into consideration when you set up this Kickstarter launch party? Well, I think that we just wanted to, first of all, build some excitement um, show our authors who have worked so hard that they have an audience out there and to showcase some of their great writing. Um, and, you know, I think as Peggy said, there's been a tremendous amount of buzz about the sort of inequalities in publishing, gender inequalities in publishing, and people are very interested in it. So there's there's just a little bit of a buzz volcano happening now, which which, you know, benefited us in terms of people coming to the party. And then in terms of just sort of the logistics of how, you know, we asked people to support us at the party, mainly it was spreading awareness. We gave them a postcard. We asked them to send it around to their friends. And in some cases, we asked we asked people to make a pledge to Kickstarter and um, to give us their emails. And then when it launches, um, as we're doing this interview, that's going to be tomorrow. We're going to email them all and remind them that they uh, offered, you know, that they pledged something and, and asked them to fulfill that pledge tomorrow. I, I think that's a great, I saw that and I thought it was a great idea because that's the one thing uh, as I talked to one project owner after another is staying in contact and finding reasons to continue to touch your community, touch them in a way to gently remind them and not spam them. And I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly, I certainly appreciate that. You know, we're about out of time. I certainly, I, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing, uh, kind of this, this excitement that I got to participate in. I was thrilled. I was thrilled to participate and, uh, to see the enthusiasm. And I think the one thing you said, your authors probably came away just jazzed that oh, yeah. so much energy was around something that they were participating in. Yeah. Yes. It, indeed. Thank you so much, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Thank and- you, Lord. You know, yep. once the campaign's over, shebooks.net will still be there looking for more more uh, readers and subscribers. So I encourage everyone to check it out. You know what? We can have you come back and tell us how it went. Great. great. That'll okay. be great. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guests have been Peggy Northrup and Laura Fraser, who are the co-founders of shebooks.net. And you can go take a look at that. Their Kickstarter campaign launches tomorrow as the time of the recording. But by the time you listen to this, it'll be up and live. Go look for shebooks on Kickstarter. Hopefully you've heard something inspiring. I know I have. We're looking forward to seeing you with your project out on Kickstarter so we can help you fund your dream. Thanks for listening. Take care.